Well, good morning, Eagle family. Good morning, Eagle family. I miss you. <laughs> I miss you. I was thinking as we were singing there, just all the years, all the years we've been gathering together. It's just uh, such unique times, are they not? Uh, thankful for technology that, that we can't be in the same room together. Uh, know that my heart, our heart is with you. Some of you enduring some of the most difficult weeks of your life. And uh, just know that we're thinking of you, we're praying, we're together in spirit today. And also want to extend a welcome to the kind of broader Eagle family as well. We've got lots of friends and family and others joining us uh, online during these days. Uh, the season ticket holder seats just all look different sitting here now. You're not all in your same spots. I can't like keep track of your like dialing in with us now. You're like, I, I knew when you're here and when you're not. Now I have to rely on the virtual screen to do that. But uh, hey, before I jump into the message though, I think it's important that we all just take a moment and uh, give thanks and acknowledge, especially those in our medical community. And I uh, think about all the doctors and nurses, all the healthcare providers, everyone who's been just working so hard, as well as our civic leaders at the, at the uh, local and state and federal levels, just thinking about all the hours that are being invested, all the extra effort to help lead our country, our world through these days. Can we just put our hands together and thank them for all their efforts and all their work and Know that we're thinking of you, and we love you, and uh, we're so grateful for uh, all the efforts you're putting in, and we're praying uh, for the Lord's strength on the work of your hands. So was it not, Eagle family, was it not just a few weeks ago when we were like right at the baptism tank right there, and like 20 people were going to waters of baptism, and we were celebrating, and we had like a party afterwards? Wasn't that just like a few weeks ago? <laughs> It wasn't just like a couple of weeks ago, like we had the Friday night coffee house, coffee house concert with Austin Sterling, and there was all that good fun had on. Wasn't it just a couple of weeks ago? And it wasn't it just last week when we were somewhat level-headed about toilet paper? Like, come on, I, I, don't, I don't get that part of it. But the, the speed with which this change has literally been thrust upon us. Is anybody else's head just kind of spinning? And I'm guessing um, just the mental and emotional fatigue that we all feel from all that's being kind of thrust upon us day after day, whether it's the new COVID-19 numbers, right, or whether it's the latest social distancing restrictions that we're all experiencing, or whether it's the stock market line that seems to be going much more like that during these days, or whether it's the conversations in your work setting about cutbacks and layoffs and all the uncertainty in that, or on the home front, whether it's school schedules and e-learning days, and the list goes on and on and on. Well, the Bible, the Bible has a word to describe this kind of collective ethos that we're all living right now. And it's the adverb that's used 87 times in the scriptures. It's called suddenly. And so if you haven't already done so, I want you to pull out your message notes. So how this works now online, those of you, um, there's a little tab at the bottom. Underneath the comment section, there's a little tab that looks like a, kind of a piece of paper, or I think uh, if you're viewing on uh, web, I think it says notes or something like that on it, so the host can get you directed there. But it'd be helpful if you can pull out your uh, message notes that way and take a look 
at just, I put a few instances of where suddenly occurs, like Luke chapter 2, there's these shepherds out in the field, and they're just going about their normal everyday business, and then it says this, Luke 2 verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God. And then in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus is getting into a boat, and he's doing a normal everyday practice with his disciples, rowing across the Sea of Galilee just going about his normal everyday business. And Matthew 8 says, suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. And then Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, it says all the believers were in one space together. And then it says this, Acts 2 verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And on and on we could go. There are these times in which suddenly has been thrust upon. And, and I've been praying and thinking this week, could it be, could it be, church, that this is a moment in time for us personally, collectively, for our nation, and for our world? Could it be that suddenly God's shifting some things inside of all of us? Could it be? Could it be that we will look back on the upheaval and uncertainty of the spring of 2020? Could it be that one day we'll look back upon these days and we'll point to them and we'll say, something happened in here. There's some things that shifted around inside of me. I stepped back and I evaluated like what really matters the most. Could it be, could it be these very days, these very weeks, when not just some things, but literally everything shifted, and it's not just an external change I'm talking about. I'm, just ta- I'm not talking about cultural change. I'm also talking about the internal and the personal. Could it be? Well, there's a scene in John 20 that I want to take us to this morning. If you've got a Bible with you, open it up to John 20. If you don't, you'll be able to follow along on the screen up here as well. The backdrop for John 20 is this. Jesus had just been arrested and beaten and mocked and crucified, executed in a very bloody way, and then laid in a sealed tomb. And you talk about head-spinning change. There's a lot of head-spinning change going on for these early disciples. And then Mary Magdalene is like running to, she went to the tomb to pay her respects to Jesus, and she comes running from that visit to the tomb. And she comes running into the disciples and she says, hey, I found Jesus not dead in the sealed tomb. He's alive. He's speaking. I just talked with him. So try to wrap your minds around that. Some of us have had the kind of weeks where you're just like, you can't wrap your mind around the next news feed coming across. I guarantee you this moment for these early disciples and for Mary Magdalene was taking her breath away, the level of stuff that was suddenly thrust upon her and stuff started to shift inside these early disciples. Now check this out in John 20, verse 19. Here's the scene. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, underline this, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. So literally, the disciples, these early followers of Jesus, were literally locked up in their fear. They were literally like behind closed doors, and they were scared. The anxiety level inside of them was off the charts. Why? Because they they thought, well, what happened to Jesus is going to happen to them. 
They thought, if the Jews did that to Jesus, what are they going to do to us? If they mocked Him and crucified what are they going to do to them? So they were wound up in this, all this uncertainty, all this fear. They had placed all their eggs in Jesus' basket. So the, the level of change going on inside of the disciples is not just some of their dreams, all their dreams were shattered. Not just some of their hopes, all their hopes were vanquished. I mean, they were sitting there locked up in this state of, what do we do now? Their new normal became starting over with everything. And I couldn't help but think, I think that's where this morning finds a lot of us, navigating a new normal. Maybe personally kind of locked up in your own set of fear and anxiety. It could be related to COVID-19 and the pandemic. It could be the ripple effect from it. Maybe you had some conversations on the home front this week with your job and the uncertainty that way. I mean, there could be, all right, we could just get caught up in a spiral of anxiety where you just can't see your way out. You're staring at a mountain. You have no idea how you're going to get through what you're going through. And it doesn't just have to be on a collective cultural level, like the worldwide pandemic. It can be like what many of you are experiencing, your own personal pandemic. I was thinking and praying this week. I was on the phone some this week with some of our medical community, just trying to call and encourage and pray with them, just the long hours and all the work they're putting in. And I was just reminded how all of our everyday lives do continue to go on in the midst of everything that's shutting down around us. And some of you right now are facing some uncertainty and some challenge. You're, st you're staring at a mountain with your own personal health journey. You've got a mountain with your marriage and your family. You've got a mountain on the work front, the financial front. You've got a mountain of a, an addiction, a personal crisis you're going through. That everybody's going through some great personal battle in the midst of our collective global battle. And it's into that space. Do you see that? You're, we're all kind of, we all find ourselves right here in John 20. At some level, either personally or certainly collectively, we're kind of locked up in some state of fear and anxiety with the circumstances thrust upon us. Now, stay with me now. I want you to think about in the wrestling through all this uncertainty, let's think about the response we can have right now. As followers of Jesus, here's one of the things we learn about uncertainty. It's something that we don't have to run from and shun and push away, as tempting as it is, because we all appreciate having control and clarity and certainty, and we want to know which way, and we want to know how the plan's going to go. I mean, we all appreciate that. I especially appreciate that. But the reality is, as a follower of Jesus, we find this pattern with God that He invites us frequently through the circumstances of our life consistently leading us into a space like John 20, verse 19, where we have no idea how we're going to get through what it is we're going through. Like there's something about this space of uncertainty that God leads us in and enjoys His people living in. And I think it's this. I think it's tied to this. I think uncertainty is the soil in which our faith really flourishes. Do you feel that, church, right now in your life? Do you feel the roots of faith and dependence upon God and trust in God? Do you feel how, how the Spirit's just pressing that down a few inches deeper into this soil? That's how a disciple moves towards uncertainty, begins to embrace it, versus kind of being locked up in fear and anxiety and trying to shun it. And so right now, I want us to, wherever you are, personally or collectively, let's, let's take a step towards this uncertainty, and let's see how Jesus is going to meet us in this space. And I know one of the things he's going to harvest out of it 
is he's going to deepen our roots of faith. Because Hebrews remind us, without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. So we know that's top shelf on God's agenda. He wants our faith to grow. And literally, globally, he's inviting the globe right now to either step forward and enter into this uncertainty. And let's, Can you imagine the harvest of faith that could come out of this era we're living right now? It could be unbelievable. And for these few disciples behind these closed doors, here's the image for the morning. I want you to see now, what does Jesus do in this setting? Look here. Second part of verse 19. They're locked up, fear of the Jews. And it says, Jesus, and he says, Jesus came and stood among them and said, what did he say? Peace be with you. Verse 20, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Look at this next sentence. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. I put in your notes what the word peace there literally means. Kids, if I, if I lost you somewhere, kids, come back for a moment right now. Okay, kids, I want you to say with me, I'm going to teach you a Greek word. You ready to learn a little Greek, kids? You thought your e-learning days were challenging. How about church? I'm going to teach you a Greek word right now. Ready? Kids, say it with me. I, re, ne. Listen, kids, you can do better than that. Ready? I, re, ne. I, re, ne. I, re, ne. It means peace. Do you see in your notes there, it, it literally means a quietness, a restfulness. Kids, I want to teach you this word for this week because I have a sense your mom and your dad are praying for a genuine irene spirit to rest on the home during these days. They're doing their best with all the schedule changes that have been thrust upon, with all the new stuff that's going on. And so, Bob, Dad, here, I've given you a word, right? This is the word where Jesus, right, he comes to the disciples like he enters into our homes today, and he says, peace, irony be with you. And I love this definition, not just a, a quietness and a restfulness, but you see in your notes, a wholeness. And do you see there? It's an essential ordering of the things in here. He joins the essential parts back together in here. Isn't that a great image? I love that image. I love the image of, and maybe if you don't get anything else out of this morning, here's what I think. Here's what I think. I want you to have this picture that Jesus sees exactly what you're going through. He hears your cries for help. He feels the weight of the anxiety that you're carrying. He sees you're locked up in whatever fear and uncertainty. And do you see this? He's walking through walls to get to you and to say, my peace, I leave you. I give to you not as the world gives. Remember in John 14? Here's a passage out of John 14 that disciples probably would have recalled this text. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. How about that line for us right now? Are we not seeing the institutions of our world literally brought to the knees of their limitations right now? The institution of our world... We're grateful for all the leadership. We're grateful for all they provide. But church, do we realize right now that what the soul is searching for, what the soul of our nation, what the soul of our world, what your own personal soul is striving for, the institutions of this world cannot provide. Only Jesus, the Prince of Peace, can step in and say, I'm going to give you what the world cannot give you. I'm going to give you irony. 
I'm going to give you an essential ordering and joining together of the stuff in here that provides a wholeness and a restfulness. And the Bible word is peace. Church, are you longing for some peace right now? Whoever's listening right now, wherever you're at, could it be that Jesus has you in the spring of 2020 in this upheaval, in this uncertainty, because he wants you to lift up your eyes and see this. He's walking through walls to come to you and to say, my peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives. You don't have to be afraid. Your hearts do not have to be troubled. I give you peace. I have a feeling someone's listening today to simply hear that. My peace I give you. And it's an essential ordering of the stuff that matters most in here. And that's what Jesus was offering those early disciples, and I believe he's offering that to us today. I put in your notes a prayer from a pastor uh, Ted Loader, he pastored for almost 40 years out in Pennsylvania, Methodist Church. I think he's almost 90 years old now. He wrote a little book called Gorillas of Grace in which he records some prayers. Here's a beautiful one, I think. It says, Oh God, let something essential happen to me, something more than interesting or entertaining or thoughtful. Oh God, let something essential happen to me, something awesome something real. Hear this now. Speak to my condition, Lord, and change me somewhere inside where it matters. A change that will burn and tremble and heal. Oh God, let something essential and passionate happen in me now. And that's a prayer church right there. May it be How about something essential happening deep in here during these days? Something, as Loder says, that will burn and tremble and heal. That's how I'm praying for us during these days. That's how I'm praying for our church. That's how I'm praying for our nation. That's how I'm praying for our world. And could it be, could it be the spring of 2020, this suddenly was thrust on all of us for something as essential as that? And so I put a little um, interaction section for you over lunch or sometime this week with some friends, family. I put some questions down that I'd love for you to talk about over lunch today. I I wrote them this way. I put them in your notes. It says, what's becoming clearer to you these days? I feel like during these times, like it's a sifting of the stuff that matters the most. And so I'd love to have some conversation like, what's just becoming clearer to you than ever before during these days? Or second question would be, what's, what's becoming clear that's essential? What's moving into the category of, you know what, this is essential, and I'm getting real clear on what's essential. Maybe equally important is talking about what's becoming clear that's not so essential. Can we have some dialogue about that? Parents, you might have to like translate for the kiddos. I'd love the kids to participate in that. Translate in age-appropriate terms for that, but have some discussion over a meal or with some friends virtually this week and just talk about some of those things because I think Jesus is walking through walls like he did to those early disciples. And I think he's bringing his peace and he's trying to rightly order some stuff in here. Not all just external. I think it's all personal and internal 
as well. And then what happens right after he brings them his peace, he speaks that peace, he speaks irony, and then look at the end of verse 21. He says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So do you see this, do you see this sequence that he's leading through? So the sequence is Jesus recognized they're bound up in anxiety and fear and uncertainty. He moves toward them in that space, deepening their roots of faith as they begin to lift up their eyes and see Jesus walking on through walls to get to them. And he brings them his peace that they might turn around and be a conduit of that peace to the world around them. And wow, in our day and age today, right? I want you to think of it this way. Think about the gift followers of Jesus could bring to our world today as a non-anxious presence in the world. Did you think about that? Jesus, earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, he talked to the disciples about, he actually believed there's a way of being in the world. There's a way of being human in the world with all its uncertainty and upheaval. There's a way of being in the world today as a non-anxious presence. Jesus actually believes you and me and all of us could actually live that way. Can you imagine that right now? Can you imagine disciples of Jesus deployed all around the globe as a non-anxious presence, leading their households, leading in their work settings, leading in the church, leading in civic and government organizations? Can you imagine the ripple effect from that? Can you imagine the glory God would get out of that? That's like Jesus now, he's saying, hey, I'm coming to you, I'm going to bring my peace to you, and then I'm going to send you out as an agent of that peace into our world. And that's not something we can manufacture ourselves. We can't manufacture that peace. That's something that's got to be imparted to us. That's Jesus walking through the walls, right, to get into us. And so a personal action step for some listening today is, is this. You know, and maybe you've been around the church a long time. Maybe you haven't been around a church at all. Maybe you were around the church, and you've just recently come back to the church through all of this. Wherever you're at on the spectrum, your action step may be this. At some point, this whole Jesus stuff, Christianity, faith, this stuff we talk about in church, it has to get personal. At some point, it's got to get personal. And this morning, your step is this to invite the Prince of Peace into your life. The Bible language for that is this is your day of salvation. It's for you to cry out to Jesus and say, Lord, save me. I know I'm bound up in all kinds of sin and brokenness and lostness. Save me. I want you to come and bring your peace. Bring irony. Essentially integrate and order the stuff in here that feels so fragmented and splintered these days. You can just call out to him from right where you are. And in just a few minutes, I'm going to lead you through a prayer to do just that. And it doesn't have to be any more sophisticated than this. It's saying, Jesus, save me. Forgive me. I want to give my life to you and follow you. And in that moment, the Prince of Peace comes to live in here. And for some of you, You've been thrust into the spring of 2020 for that very... Say, how is God at work in all this? Personally, God is walking through walls to get to you, to draw you to himself and say, my peace, I leave you. 
Now, for others of you, it might be you recall a time when you used to walk very closely with the Lord, but all the upheaval of these recent days have caused you to really reevaluate. You've drifted away, you've kind of fallen away, you've gotten distracted and whatever, and now over these recent weeks, you're like evaluating the essential again, and this is your morning, this is your morning to return, to come back to the Lord. Just rededicate yourself, recommit yourself to say, you know what, I want to be all in, wholehearted followership and devotion to Christ. You can do that this morning. And then for still others of us, it might be just honesty about the anxiety and the fear that's kind of been locked up in our own hearts through these days. And this morning, it's like what the songs were leading us or what Kim's uh, psalm earlier, lifting up our eyes, right? Lifting up our eyes and see how Jesus is walking through walls to come to us to give us his peace and to send us out as a non-anxious presence in the world. And so at the bottom of your notes, I put some practical next steps. So this week, here's what I'd like you to do this week from this message. First thing, I'd like you to have a conversation. I'd like you to have a conversation around the lunch table or some lunch table or some meal this week with friends and family on those three questions that I put there in your notes about what's essential, what's becoming clear, what's so non-essential. Just have some dialogue about that. And then secondly, you see I put in your notes, I give you some scriptures because I'd love for you to carve out some additional time. Here's what's true for all of us right now. We've all been given disruptive margin. Like literally all of our lives disrupted and we've been handed more discretionary time than we've ever had in our lives. Like it or not, your new schedule is what it is right now and it's probably not going away anytime soon. So here's what I want to encourage us to do. Church, I'd like us to enter in and embrace and repurpose this time. Can we just collectively evaluate how are we using all these hours that have been handed to us? All of you, especially that travel and run Mach 2 week after week and month after month, look at your next few, probably next few months are going to be just a whole lot different pace and schedule. And so I want us to look at, is there a possibility that God might be leading us in to a space of a little, taking our prayer life especially a little bit deeper during these days? Can we look at that? And so I gave you some scriptures there to help with that. Maybe you've never prayed through a passage of scripture. It's no more complicated than this. You simply read through line by line, kind of a little slower pace, pause, reflect, respond back to God. And these particular scriptures I listed there for you are simply to help you kind of, especially in this journey of becoming a non-anxious presence as a blessing to the world around us. So First step, have a conversation about the essential. Second step for the week is I love to see us repurposing the time and specifically in this area of prayer, praying into these passages. I put Psalm 23, Psalm 93, Psalm 131, Matthew 6, John 15. And then lastly, ties into what you heard from Justin and Joel earlier, right? This is our time as a body of Christ to serve and help those in need. Church, we are not going to lack for opportunities to be the hands and the feet of Christ during these days. We're going to have to think creatively and uniquely about how to do it, but that we just open up our eyes, and right now I want you to feel completely empowered to step into the needs you see all around you. You don't need permission. You just step in in the name of Jesus and say, how can I help? That the body of Christ, the church, can be a place to get help and to give help. That's what we want to be. So just ask, Lord, how can I help? Who can I help? How can I help? Who can I help? And so you're going to hear a little bit more here at the end of the service. Justin and I will chat about some practical ways that we're trying to do this with food and other things around here. But I just want you to think about how we're going to gather virtually, but we're going to serve locally during these days. 
and to ask the Lord to help us open up and take care of our neighbors and to think about the vulnerable and the elderly and those who are just really in difficult places and to be prayerful and thoughtful and to serve and help and give. And can we do that all together? I pray that we can. So there's your kind of your action items for this week as we join the early disciples in John 20 and the resurrected Christ entering in to a space of fear and anxiety. We might be locked up, but Jesus just walked through walls to get to us. And as he gives us his peace, he then commissions us to be a conduit of peace to the world around us. And so this week I had a friend send me this video. And before I pray, I want you to watch this video. It's a collection of artists and pastors all around the globe who virtually got together this week through Psalm 23. They put this little reflection together as a gift to local congregations gathering all around the world. After it's over, I'll lead us through a prayer. Three. Il Divino Pastore, Salmo di Davide. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. For you are close beside me. For you are close beside me. For you are with me. I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. For you are close beside me. For you are close beside me. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflowing. My cup overflows with blessings. My cup overflows with blessings. My cup overflows with blessings. I have all that I need. My cup overflows with blessings. My cup overflows with blessings. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. My cup overflows with blessing. All the days of my life. My cup overflows with blessings. All the days of my life. Todos los días de mi vida. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. 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 Para siempre. Forever. 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 E la casa del Signore per lunghi giorni. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. E na casa do Senhor por longos dias. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray together. Father, in the midst of all that we don't know, Thank you that those words remind us we, we can anchor ourselves to what we do know. You're a good, good father. You're a good shepherd. We don't have to wonder who's reigning and ruling at this very moment. 
We just anchor ourselves to you right now. Just lift up our eyes and see how you're walking through walls to come to us today. And if you're in a place this morning where you know today's the day of salvation for you, you, you know it, maybe you've known it for a bit, this is your moment in time where you just simply pray right where you're at from your heart, you just say, Jesus, save me. I call out to you, Jesus, save me. I confess my sin. Come and fill me with your spirit. I want to live for you. I need your peace. Bring your irony to my heart. Save me, Jesus. Just call out to him from right where you are. And from others of you, it might be a, this is your rededication and returning. You've been distracted and wandering and distant and through all these circumstances, it's this moment where the Lord says, come back. Just rededicate yourself right now. Say, Jesus, I want to come back. Just turn your heart back to him and you'll see his face has always been turned towards you in love. And then for still others staring at whatever mountain of personal circumstances or clearly as a nation and a world, we've got plenty of mountains we're staring at. Would you lift up our eyes this morning? And then we see the Prince of Peace walking through walls saying, hey, my peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives. Do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. We will get through this together. By your spirit, just settle that peace on our hearts now. We love you. We worship you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.